You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in Australia. I'm Matt. I help connect businesses with tech talent, and today I'm your host. So, hey, everyone, and welcome back to another Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by four senior leaders within the Sydney and Melbourne technology industry, where we'll be discussing the topic of where to improve as a leader. So, firstly, let's kick things off with some introductions. So, Ludmilla, I'll get you to go first and introduce yourself. Thank you, Matt. My name is Ludmila Stachowicz, and I'm an engineering manager at Redbubble. Uh, my responsibilities are people leadership, building suitable processes and culture, and managing software delivery. I'm passionate about continuous improvements, about metrics and visibility, and about building great teams that deliver customer value. Awesome. Thank you. Avery, I'll jump on to you next. Thanks, Matt. My name is Avery Pillay, and I'm engineering manager at Amazing, and I lead one of the amazing and talented A-game engineers that I've had in my entire career, and I am really passionate about building technology leaders. Hi, everyone. My name is Milos Niklic. Um, so I'm the head of engineering at 7+. So for those who don't watch too much TV, 7+, is the digital streaming service that um, the company's uh, Channel 7 broadcast channel. Um, so recently we brought you, brought you big events like the Tokyo Olympic Games and uh, most recently Commonwealth Games. Um, so, yeah, I'm really passionate about um, fostering and creating um, working environments that are really enjoyable and engaging uh, for employees so that people actually enjoy their work and enjoy coming to work. So uh, that's my main driver. Uh, but yeah, that's me. Hey everyone, this is Chris. Uh, I'm the Senior Engineer Manager from Zipco. Um, so prior to from this month, I was actually uh, building a product called Zip Business, uh, which we utilize Zip's foundation to, um, to do more B2B kind of lending. And so I started that project from scratch and then during the three years kind of grew with the project itself as well. Now I'm being assigned to another team that's got, um, that's put me on a little bit more senior role, looking after two more engineers, managers as well. Um, I, I'm passionate about um, growing people, building teams and applying best practices. Um, I think with another um, another speaker already said that uh, monitoring and uh, metrics SLA is currently uh, what my focus area. Awesome. Thanks for that, Chris. Appreciate everyone for the introductions. I think today will be a good one. We've got a wide variety uh, of verticals and companies involved that everyone's from. So, look, it should be good. But to, to kind of move it on now and get straight into it, we'll jump into the first question, uh, which is from you, Ludmilla, which is, what's the role of feedback and self-reflection for growing as a leader? So, I'll get you to kind of start that one off, maybe give some context or, or even just jump into it yourself. Cool, thank you. Um, I believe that nobody is perfect and there is always something that uh, we can improve in. And um, our goals may change over time and that's okay, but what's important is, is to regularly self-reflect and then accompany it with external feedback from others so we can identify what changes we may need to make as better leaders. Receiving feedback is really crucial and because sometimes we can be blind on what we are doing on what we, or we are, what we are not doing and um, um, what impact we may have on other people. 
and um, they can simply be better ways or more efficient efficient ways on achieving desired outcomes. So you may ask how to receive quality feedback. And I think that it's super, super important to build high trust environment that allows people to deliver feedback to each other, be honest with each other and truly believe that we are helping each other grow when we deliver feedback so the, the other person can improve. Um, we also need to ask for feedback regularly and be genuinely grateful for it, especially for constructive feedback. I, I would suggest to promote feedback frameworks that help people to deliver feedback in a timely manner, respectfully, and to provide appropriate context, behaviors, and impact so the recipient can really understand what it is about and so they can act on it. Um, and also, some people may think that they should only expect feedback from their direct manager, but in reality, you can ask for feedback from your, from your team, from your peers, from other managers, even from your friends and family. So it's really important to actively listen and to try and understand what it is about and being thankful for feedback. Um, to summarize, um, regularly self-reflect on your achievements and impact and asking others for insights and feedback. Can, you can set yourself goals to really grow and improve and it can make you a better leader and you can also be a role model for others. Awesome. That that's a thorough answer. Appreciate that, Ludmilla. And I'll I'll pass it on to you next. Avery, get your thoughts. Yeah, it's it's one of the feedbacks is as as a leader, the more that I grow in my role, the more feedback that I have to give. That's what I really found, and that's what I really learned through different code reviews. It's it's how it's how we, I can give like a short, soon, and specific feedbacks. And I always think that people are not really mind readers. They have to know, and mind people really have to know for them to grow. And for me, receiving a feedback, it acts like a side mirror, like, like my blind spot. And it actually, it helps me to, to really heighten my strength and where am I good at through those feedback. And another key point that Ludmila has touched base is on Self-reflections, it, it is one of the most powerful tools that I've used in my leadership journey, wherein the element of self-care, where I ask myself at the end of the day, how am I being authentic? Am I aligned to my goals and my values? Am I doing the right thing? Uh, or, and as well as, did I get better than yesterday? Awesome. Thanks for that, Avery. Milosh, pass to you next. Yeah, look, I think it's a really interesting uh, question, and I guess there's a couple of aspects to it on the on the feedback and and the self reflection. So I guess on the feedback, I, I kind of agree with Ludmila. I think it's always it's always good to you know receive feedback, ask for feedback from people, um, and to be open to that feedback, particularly obviously. Um, and, uh, but yeah, sometimes it can be, I guess, a bit uh, difficult to do. I'm kind of interested in, because I agree, I think it's good to not just look for feedback from your, um, you know, managers, um, or seniors, but also kind of your peers and, and also your team. But I think particularly with the team, I'm interested to understand a bit more about maybe some of the mechanisms you've used Ludmilla in order to do that, because, um, I think that can also be challenging in terms of sometimes, 
you know, those that report to you may not necessarily always want to be upfront and honest about their feedback to you. So how do you, you know, create an environment where they feel comfortable in doing that? Um, and I think also sometimes it's dependent on on personality types. You know, certain personalities might be more willing and upfront to give that feedback. Other people, um, you know, not so much. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Did you have any 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 um, tips that you could give around um, sort of approaches that you've used in the past? Because I'd, I'd definitely be interested in that. First of all, asking for feedback is 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 really crucial because sometimes we do forget. But also, not asking generally, do you have any feedback for me? But asking specific questions. How did I go with that presentation? Did you understand the message? Are you clear on the objectives that we are targeting? So asking really specific questions that you are interested in and you think that you can get some insights from others, it, it can definitely help them for people to open up and for you to give to get that quality feedback that you're after. Yeah, sound, yeah, makes sense. And I think one-on-ones are kind of a good environment for that too because then it's not necessarily, um, you know, public in a group, people are kind of, you know, can let their guard down a little bit more as long as you can create that kind of safe environment um, for them as well. And plus, you probably don't necessarily want to receive feedback in front of everyone because it could it could go either way, you know, know what, 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 what's, what's going to come back. Um, and I think uh, this, uh, the self-reflection question is, is an interesting one too. I mean, um, obviously, everyone's different. Uh, I feel like... Um, I'm sort of automatically always in that mode of like, you know, asking myself, oh, you know, what, uh, could I have done something better during that meeting? Could have I expressed myself a bit better? Um, You know, should I have reached out to this person before this event? Should I have done this in a different way? All that kind of stuff. Um, So I think, you know, it's really important um, to be doing that. But at the same time, depending on your personality type, I guess for me, I have to be careful that that doesn't sort of descend into, you know, self-criticism or or perfectionism in always trying to attain a certain standard that is kind of unreachable and then has more of a negative impact than a positive impact. So I think, you know, self-reflection, I think you've always got to approach it with a positive um, mindset um, and also be able to kind of, you know, give yourself a bit of a break um, and forgive yourself if you don't necessarily get everything spot on um, the way you always want to. But um, but yeah, it sort of depends on the person. You don't you don't want to swing too far one direction or the other. You know, you don't want to be someone who never questions yourself and never looks back on 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 how you could improve. Um, but I don't think you want to be someone who's always like second guessing yourself and always um, kind of um, you know potentially. Uh, criticizing for what you could have, what you should have done better. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll leave that one for now. <laughs> nice, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome, thanks, Samuels and Chris. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting topic. Um, I think during my career, I'm certainly the type that that Mila has uh, has has said, like you know, I always seek for feedback. Um, I think more so uh, when I was doing with my my boss, my manager, um, and then. Actually, we have a framework uh, in place when we do performance that we need to kind of give feedback. That's just one field in the in the in the framework um, as a question answer type that you have to give this uh, these people feedback. That's a very good way, but that only occurs probably like um, one six month time. And more often in one on one, I would ask, "Hey, um, I agree with 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 you know the, when the question comes to, hey, 
can you give me some feedback? It's a bit like kind of too general and people will not tend to kind of be offensive or be aggressive to pick on you. Um, but definitely um, using a specific question on certain area, like be more specific, will kind of get the, um, the something, the doubts out of your mind. Um, um, and then so definitely, and I see, I to, to be honest, when I was dealing with my reports, I see less um, direct reports asking for feedback. Um, they, 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 they probably won't want to show what they've done and what they've achieved more in terms of asking for feedback. I think also figuring out how to force that, 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 that culture of, um, you know, get people to feel comfortable to get feedback. I definitely think that the, the, how to kind of give your question to the person that you're seeking feedback is very, very important. And also like a, a, hundred percent agree with Milo's about, you know, different people has different personalities and some people is just, it's not that type of person that's going to ask that sort of questions. And then you got to respect that. Um, and so another thing on, on self-reflection, I think I have a, I always use at home. So aspiring all these, um, these things I've done in the company or decision I've made in the company to my wife and to my parents. Right. So, for example, especially when, when dealing with people or dealing with other team leads, you sometimes you will have um, discussions, you have your, your own argument points regarding to initiatives or in, in regarding deliveries. And something uh, when you grew as a leader, when you were young, you would do things a little bit different. And when you grow your maturity and then you would do things, you know, um, quite different than what, what, what you were dealing with before. So um, I think having that, that sparring partner at home and then just to give you a, a valid point about whether or not you're doing the right thing, you, you're doing it to reflect your own value. That's very important. Sometimes I think we've got to accept that, that we're human beings and, you know, um, we'll make impulsive decisions. And sometimes we, we, we look back and we think, oh, um, that's a little bit naive, but it is how we are made of. And we've got to accept the fact and then kind of avoid um, avoid it being uh, something negative in the future. Um, just grow along the way, I think. Um, that's that's my two cents on the topic. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I agree. It's a good thing to remember that everyone is human and, and make mistakes at some point in time. Um, so, look, appreciate all the answers. I think we'll wrap that one and move on, on to the next question. So, Avery, this is from you, which is, how do you embed learning in your flow of work? So yeah, get you to give some context or just kick that off. Yeah, it's it's a question that I have in mind where on my leadership journey, we looked at how can everything that we do be treated as a learning opportunity, whether it's a meeting, whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's a code reviews, there's always every inch that there's a TILs. Today I learned things. Like in Amazing, for example, we, we actually looking at opportunities and how we can share our stories as leaders. We have this leadership connect where we bring into the table what experiences that we have and collectively we learn from one another. It's the same thing when, when we're having like a brown bag sessions. Like after the brown bag, what did we learn and what could we improve on uh, using those brown bags? 
it's it's how we apply those teachings. Like I read a lot of books in specifically for leaderships uh, and business and strategies, and I love reading books. And what I love most is applying those principles that I've learned. Examples is like, you know, the 80-20 rule that I use, like amazing. And the three chairs principles and even the pyramid principles that I've used in, in my day-to-day -day work, uh, which kind of like embeds through it on my daily work. So I'm really keen to find out how other leaders are embedding their learnings. Awesome. Thanks. Milos, I'll get you to jump in next and... <laughs> yeah, um, another like really interesting aspect of it. I mean, because part of the problem I think here, and something that I think we're touching on in some of these questions um, later as well, is that um, no one really ever learns leadership formally. You know, some people might do; they might go take a course or something like that. But I think most of us here, and probably most kind of um, technology leaders out there, sort of stepped into the role. Um, through some circumstance, and then you're just expected to do it. And no one ever actually comes to you and says, um, you know, this is kind of what the expectations are, these are the skill sets that you should kind of work on, and, you know, here's a sort of mechanism for you to try certain things out, fail, and then, you know, receive that kind of feedback loop that we were talking about in order to improve. That doesn't really happen. There's no kind of structured approach to that. And so we're kind of left sort of figuring things out for ourselves kind of mostly in the dark. So I think we can learn, uh, we can probably incorporate a lot of that in um, sort of so, so what you were sort of mentioned, it sort of just gave me the idea around brown bags and things like that. So we have a lot of mechanisms in terms of um, agile processes, for example, you know, like retrospectives and things like that and brown bags where everyone comes together. Or you have a peer review process with, you know, engineers where they can kind of look at each other's code and provide feedback on that. But as leaders, we don't have anything similar to that. And I think there's probably scope um, uh, for that, for companies to, to kind of do more on that with their senior management um, and, and, and leaders in order to come together like you said, and sit down and maybe we should be doing things like retrospectives for, you know, managers and sort of sit down and say, well, how did we do? What could we have done better? Where are the areas for improvement? And get feedback on that. We're also focused on the hard skills aspect of the things that we do, you know, whether it be engineering, product, this, that or the other. Uh, but there's nothing really that I've seen anywhere where people come together and go, well, how are we doing as leaders? Not how are we doing as, you know, this particular um specialty or skill, but how are we, how are we performing as, as kind of leaders? Um, so that's probably something I would like to see more of because it's probably not something that's overtly valued that much. Um, you know, it, it's not sort of necessarily recognised as a great quality. It's sort of expected that you do a good job, but, you know, it's not sort of recognised as that, you know, some people can potentially be, you know, uh, more skilled or more accomplished in that area than others. And, and this is what, you know, we're sort of trying to look for and, and promote um, internally. So anyway, I, I could probably talk more, but I don't want to. I want to hand over to someone else. <laughs> no, go forever. <laughs> Chris. Jump yeah, in. indeed, indeed. I think I can just kind of uh, connect with um, what Milo's left um, off there. Um, I think... If I read the question, how do you embed learning in your flow of work, uh, that learning can be leadership, that learning can be like specific technology. And I definitely um, trying to become the type of person that Avery is, is doing now, like read a lot of books. Um, I'm not like 
a very good reader. I, I always kind of read halfway and then kind of left it over. I'm more like I receive the knowledge from a, a videos or a learning session or talk, that kind of person. Um, it just it just fits my style. Um, what I found though, like I have a few a few a few points I want to give when I think I really learned a lot while doing something with my leadership is when I host events like recurring events. For example, I host Lunch and Learn in my engineering space in Zip. And when you do this, you got to make sure that you know the content, you know the reader, you know what they're talking about, and you do your research. And more than often, those topics are the topics you, you didn't know much about. So that's the opportunity for you to learn and then just get on top of it. And then another uh, good example is I used to host um, kind of uh, for a tribe for the sprint showcase where I need to know three teams, how their sprints go. And then um, the showcase is about what they've achieved in the, in the short two weeks period of time and then what they are demoing to, to, the, to, the, to the stakeholders. So we're, do, we're doing that because I'm the host. I have to kind of actively learn into what they built and then um, what the rationale behind it and what the context of it because I need to make the flow of the meeting go smooth. And so, and that's an opportunity for me to know, um, you know, inter-team like, um, what everyone was doing in the organization. And another thing I think on the leadership recognition part, I think within Zip, there, there are two career pathways. Like you can go either technical after you become senior software, or you can become a people leader uh, where you start your associate EM role. Um, I think we have, um, we have a few metrics to measure that. Uh, one of that I remember is a team engagement survey. So we do yearly. And just to, to measure that, that that survey is anonymous to, to all the all your employees. They'll give, give like score of their happiness, their satisfaction and everything. And then that score will become like an overall score of your team or your squad. I think that score can somewhat reflect whether your team is doing what they, what they, what they are trying to do is um, be empowered enough and happy um, working in the, in the environment. So I think that might be some some um, measures that 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 can apply on the leadership. Um, yeah, I think that's that's just how I think we can embed our learning in the flow of work. Awesome, thanks, Chris and Ludmila. Thank you. I actually want to reflect on what Milos was saying, and um, he said that um, yeah, maybe there is not enough focus on teaching and learning. Um, of leadership skills in various workplaces. But I must say, I have been super lucky to be part of companies which promoted it and organized numerous sessions for leaders on how to build inclusive environment, how to run effective meetings, how to run uh, great one-on-ones, like various, various soft skills that you need to be a leader. And, and then actually, that allowed not only to learn through formal trainings, but also to observe other leaders who were applying those skills in reality. And so the learning was coming from all, all the sides. So um, I still believe that that um, framework of 70, 20, 10 uh, learning model, where you learn 70% on the job, 20% through others, and 10% from um, formal learning um, different, um, yeah, sessions, trainings, formal tra formal learning is something that is working for me. I can't say that I'm sticking to percentages per se, but I see that even the smallest time investment in formal learning 
helps a lot then to improve the skills and change mindset on how we do things, how we approach things, how we talk to others, how we deal with things. So if I need to, let's say, um, improve the way or how, on how I visualize the work that I do, I, I not only um, yeah, try and do it myself, I obviously speak to others, I explore tools, I observe how others are doing it, I'm trying to find some literature and I'm looking for ideas from everywhere and then it helps me to, be, to become better. And, um, and also whatever company trainings are there, I always, I always participate in those, even if the topic sounds very familiar, I think that I know everything about it already. But there is always something new that is there that uh, I can observe and learn, which is, um, yeah, I find very, very um, helpful. And I always dedicate time uh, to work on my goals, on my objectives, and then share my learnings with others. So I also find it very helpful. Uh, speaking of reading, Chris, um, I, I'm also not a very good um reader with paper books but I love audiobooks so when I commute for example I'm listening to audiobooks and I find that you know I utilize time effectively and then um, I can get you know new suggestions or new ideas and uh, I learn something new so it's a really good way to nice I, I also do a bit of audio too. <laughs> Podcast this morning on the train. It's a lot easier than, like you said, re re yeah, reading. <laughs> uh, look, appreciate it. Thought I'd quickly just just see as well. I'm just interested. How many uh, of all, all you guys uh, had four or whatever? It might not be your company now. It might have been a previous company where you first got into leadership. You know, Milos, you mentioned, you know, you kind of just transition into this leadership role and you, you, there's no formal aspect to it, or you might have, you know, someone left or whatever reason. Who out, who out of you, you know, you before had like in the company that had formal training and who kind of, you know, or who did have formal training, just shut your hand up and, and who just kind of jumped into it and they ended up doing it. By the way, no one can say anything, but no one put their hand up. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, yeah, so, yeah, I definitely so, did. Yeah. Oh, you had so you had so fifty percent had formal training. Okay, okay, and then I, obviously uh, I didn't. I didn't. I basically took a team from scratch. So, uh, as I, as I uh, said in yeah. the introduction, so there was a product inception that we want to build this, and then put another developer and a PM. We started the product, and basically, it's we we were always being called a startup in the startup in Zip. Um, so I was kind of like a lead engineer at the time. And then because the team has grown and then there's a need to be focused on the people side of things. And yeah. I, I think, you know, I was just like naturally jumping onto it and then figuring my way out. Um, yeah. That, yeah. And then ask the last question of this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. All right. Well, we'll appreciate everyone, everyone's answers there. We'll jump on to, to the next question, which is yours, Milos, which is, what are the things getting in the way of you becoming a better leader slash the leader that you want to become you want to be? So I'll get you to kick that one off. Yeah, so I guess when I was thinking about um, the topic today, um, I realized that often for me anyway, and I was kind of interested in other people's perspectives, you know, um, I might have an idea in my mind of you know we were talking about self-reflection and um, where can we learn? Where can we grow? So often I'll have an idea in my mind of, of areas where I think I could be improving um, as a leader, areas that I could be contributing more as a leader. 
Um, but then I do find that often things sort of tend sometimes get in the way. Um, and for me, for me, it's basically, it does come down to time. It's different variations of time, but, um, you know, for example, you might, I might want to commit more time to, um, having more, um, engaged chats with my, with all members of my team, not just sort of the tech leads, but other kind of engineers in the team, get more feedback, get more engagement. I want to, might want to spend more time with the team, you know, celebrating wins, exploring areas for improvement as a whole team, um, having more of those kind of conversations. And I know that that would be a good thing for do to do with the team, but, you know, if I'm sort of, um, engaged in meetings all the time or I've got like so many initiatives on the go, juggling too many things at once, it's really hard to kind of find those spots where I'm kind of like going, okay, I know that this is something I would love to do, but uh, some of these things tend to get deprioritized because there's all, there's, it seems to be always a never ending amount of urgent, important things that need to be addressed. And so these other things that are really, um, important things and positive for team building and for engagement and all those sort of things, which as leaders we should be doing, I often find, you know, sort of tend to get sidelined. And so for me, it's like, okay, well, where do I find that balance? Because I can't just keep using that as an excuse necessarily. Um, but it's also, I just find it really challenging to, um, to, to kind of know, well, okay, now I'm going to apportion this much time on how much time should I dedicate that to that? And, you know, some, everything's, everything comes with a sacrifice. So it's kind of weighing up that formula. Okay. Well, what am I going to sacrifice in order to do this? And is that a good sacrifice to make? Or is that, um, you know, a poor sacrifice? So, uh, yeah, that's why I wanted to put the question out to you guys and see, um, what are the challenges you're facing? Awesome. Thanks for that. Grace, I'll get you to jump in next. I definitely feel very strongly about the frustration of um, something similar. Like, for example, I wanted to do a team outing for my tribe, but because the nature of the product I'm building, it's, it's, it needs to go really, really fast. And it's just like very, very deliberate focused. And so these things are definitely put aside a lot. Um, but over the years, I can see changes because I wasn't on a top level where I can make decisions about, okay, so everyone will take this afternoon off, go still go karting, right? So I don't have that, the, 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 um, the power to do that. But I think what would, what I would like to do is to get involved in these discussions, um, to really kind of be influenced and know the context more so I can pass on to my team. But during, during the same time, if I can't get official agreement of going out as you know as a you know, company budget doing something for team building i always tend to let the team to decide something that we can do maybe we can come back to the company hey um we went to we went to see a movie or we went to have a dinner can we reimburse this so as their manager right so this is what i wanted to do because and then um i think um now i'm kind of stepping out a little bit on the senior leadership i feel if um, your senior leadership was consists of the the people that are kind of growing up from you know the developers where you were you were leading before. They tend to understand this a little bit more, and then they they can put this on agenda um, with the leadership meetings, and this becomes something that that should happen regularly for team building and culture building. Um, but yeah, I I think I also want to want to see you know if other other people in other organizations have you know some framework to 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 make this happen a little bit more. Um, and also another another thing on the um, on this question is, I, I found it's hard when 
when you are a manager that, that is responsible for a small group of people, but you were never involved in the decision making that on top of you, I found that's super frustrating because you get basically passed down decisions that's made on some people that's not really close to your team. You might be asked about opinions, but that you were never the part of the discussion that making those decisions. Um, so, but I think it's still over the years, I'm, I'm quite good at feedback. I'm feeding this back constantly. I think it's getting getting changed. And then I was involved into more um, more of these collaboration meetings and making decisions because I, I I'm kind of a leader that I want every piece of information to be to be known by my for my by my team um, to to give them the best context. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, keen to hear what what others are dealing with these these kind of problems. Right, great. Thanks, for that Chris Ludmilla. Thanks. Um, no, I should spot on. Conflicting priorities, having too many initiatives in flight, some distractions or unplanned work, all of this is like time thefts for us and it eats up our time and then it doesn't allow us to spend time on what's important. Like all of us are facing this, these challenges. I also find that um, we... Uh, we do procrastination uh, from time to time, like we delay working on things due to lack of time or lack of motivation to pick something up. Um, and we delay working on what's important. Uh, and what what I find uh, what is helping is that visualizing work and keeping the track on what we do is actually something that assists us in, in that prioritization and uh, um, ability to then say no to particular initiatives and prioritize only those that make sense, that are the most crucial and the most important at the particular point of time. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's important to self uh, to set ourselves dedicated times where we can go through the items that, that we are doing and actually decide uh, strategically what are future goals, what tasks may help us achieve those goals and prioritize them on the top of everything else and have the strength to say no to what is less important um, at this stage. Awesome. Thanks for that. And Avery, I get you to jump in. Uh, on top of what Chris, uh, Ludmilla and Milos have said in, in answering the question of, you know, you got daily grind, interruptions, constant delivery. I, I, with all of those things, there are moments in my career journey as leaders, we, we, we do a lot of decisions, we have a lot of big responsibilities. And there are moments where toxic thoughts comes in. And that is, I think for me, is getting away of becoming a better leader as, as an aspect of itself. The thinking of you're not enough, the, the thinking of it has to be perfect. It has to be delivered. It has to be done. And, and sometimes it relates to the imposter syndrome that us as leaders are, are prone to because we're exposed to these challenges. We're exposed to these very difficult circumstances in our leadership journey. And there's also a constant pressure for us to have to be in our A game. And But sometimes we do have an A, B game. And how do I recover from that? How do I not feel inadequate? How do I feel uh, there's this feeling of inability to work on problems sometimes? And three steps that I always do is uh, stepping back, 
really acknowledging those feelings and actually labeling those feelings. Hey, I feel anxious. I feel, uh, I feel really frustrated. And finding out what can I do on those feelings. It revolves around self-care as well in dealing with those toxic thoughts uh, as, as leaders, which actually we uh, it started within us and from within us, it comes out of us. So, so that's something that I learned in my leadership career. Awesome. Thanks, Adairi. Is there anything else anyone wants to, to pop into that one or have we, we covered that? I was just going to say that was a great, great answer by Avery, and I think um, yeah, it plays a massive role in what we do in terms of mindset and um, and and like you said, um, self care. Because I mean, that was one of the other questions I had. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but some of the you know qualities that um, you know we should have as leaders, and I think one of those is that ability to be able to um, manage your your uh, you know mental environment um, because. Yeah, it can be. It can feel really isolating sometimes with all those pressures, and 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 you don't have a lot of support because you're the one who's supposed to be the leader. <laughs> so you know you're not getting it from anywhere else. So you kind of have to be able to kind of manage um, um, your your mental well being as well. So that's a really important tool, um, I think. Yeah, great, great. All right, we'll we'll uh, wrap up with the the final question here, which is yours, Chris. Being, how do you learn? When there are when there aren't many more senior mentors around to guide you, yeah. Um, so the reason why I asked this question is because it, it became relevant in different phases of your career. I think um, reflect on what Avery was saying. You know, when when you are isolated, when you you are the leader, you're taking all the responsibilities, and then yeah, you're exposed to the challenges. Uh, I think that that speaks very true to uh, when I first built the business and when 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 the product was kind of on the rise, but at the time we didn't have resource because we were not the, the most important product in the company. We didn't have enough resource, but we have loads of priority. We have to go to the market. We have a lot of delivery to be done. And at the same time, the focus and leadership and people was not really in uh, the team I was, I was responsible for. So I wasn't really having a mentor to seek uh, guidance or to kind of getting support. You know, as the same way where you might you might find your team lead when you are senior engineer, or you might find your engineer manager when you're a team lead. Um, at the time, I was kind of tech lead, engineer manager at the same role. So often, like I have to battle with priorities, battle with deliveries with other teams, and then coming back home, you know, with a very tired body and <laughs> mind as well. Have to kind of you know, talk a lot of things with my wife, and then just get get it out of my my system. And then over the years, I kind of I got past that 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 curve, and then um, we, we we recruit a, a you know a senior mentorship for myself. So which is which was my manager. I found it's very helpful, and you know he 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 will give you a lot of guidance tips because he's been there. He's much more mature and senior than me, and he he will he will know how the project was doing because he's gone from startup to corporate environment. And then after a few years that he's left, so now I've been promoted a little bit more senior and I've left in the place where all my peers were kind of promoted uh, at the same time, where probably the, the, the more senior people will be the CTO, right? And now my, my scope of work has changed before it was delivery building, managing teams. Now it's kind of a little bit strategy setting and culture building and all that stuff that I've never done that much before. So 
I, I know reading books, applying the systems or, or philosophies from other people's doing, where you, from your reading or from the, the videos that they've done. And, um, or I, I know um, my other way of learning is just observe how other people was doing with their teams. I'm just wondering, like, with this context being set up, like what other ways, of course, you can figure a way out, right? What other tips that, that this group can offer for me to, you know, kind of to, to do it a little bit more um, maturely and handle the situation better uh, when there wasn't someone that, that can tell you, oh, I've done this. So setting you a direction, let you go. I think more than often, everyone will be on that position where you just don't have much guidance. You have to figure a way out. Awesome. Yeah, Ludmilla, I'll get you to jump onto this one next. That's a great question, Chris. Um, what I find is that mentoring opportunities, they are not only available at the company where you are in or just within your direct management um, line, but you can also find um, people that you can learn from um, or to bounce your ideas off from either other parts of the business or other companies uh, in your industry or companies outside of your industry, because usually leadership skills um, and good practices, um, they are transferable from one industry to another. So you shouldn't necessarily tie yourself to any particular one. And um, also you can create an environment where you can gauge ideas from others in your own company by creating particular um, interest groups, so guilds, how they call them, where you invite people to um, raise ideas, dis uh, discussions, um, exchange ideas and knowledge, and uh, potentially even invite speakers from outside of the company to uh, deliver some topics. So that can be an um, influx of ideas for you and and the people around you so it can help everyone grow or join Matt's podcast I was just about to say that <laughs> <laughs> or do a podcast <laughs> um, awesome thanks that uh, Avery I could just jump in I was in the same boat with Chris when, when I started my leadership journey as a tech lead. You know where you just thrown into the water and learn to swim by yourself? That's that's me. And it kind of like deals like, oh, on my first one-on-one, -on -one, oh, what are we going to do? Uh, what are we going to how, how and why? It's like it's it's hard. It, it is really, really hard, especially uh, in your first times, in my first times. And that's what I really learned from it. And like in Amazing, we're, we're doing like Leadership Connect, where as what Ludmilla have said, it's the collective sharing, it's the observations. If we have a sharing of leaders, that equates to like 100 years of leadership learnings, 100 years of leadership pitfalls that I could learn as well. And as what I have mentioned earlier, in, in vis really visualizing and, and really investing time and, and energy to seek out outside of the realms within our realms, outside of our organizations, uh, as, as Chris had mentioned of reading books. But what it really interests me is 
the stories on those books, the stories of the CIOs, the stories of the tech leads, the stories of successful uh, engineering leaders and anchor on those principles, anchor on those stories and model those stories and model their success and apply it in in, in our, in my daily uh, grind at, at work. So that really, really helps me. Awesome. Thanks, Harry and Milos. Yeah, so I'm not the best person to be asking this question of because <laughs> I don't, um, you know, I don't practice what I preach in terms of the fact that <laughs> I, I would definitely recommend to everyone to, you know, get a mentor and and because I think it's extremely valuable and I wish I'd had one. It's for that reason, but I've I've never had one, um, and I've never gotten out, you know, gone out to get one, and I, I still feel like I should. I think there's always time for that, and there's always room for that. So. Um, yeah, so I'm not I'm not the best person um, to to talk to about the value of a mentor, uh, even though I think there is a huge amount of value to it. And I've always been open to um, you know receiving more input um, and guidance on on these kind of things. Uh, but like you said, Chris, I mean, it just didn't happen for me in in my career the way circumstances panned out. I was kind of always just having to to figure it out myself as I kind of went along. Um, so experience has been my greatest teacher, um, and but that is a really good teacher, to be honest with you. Like there, I don't, I don't think there is a better teacher, honestly, than experience because you know you can read as many books and listen to as many people as you, as you want, but until you've actually been through it yourself and seen what happens, and and plus every environment is different. You know you can't really always just pick up what someone you know says or has done in their um, environment and pick up and, and transfer to, to what you're doing. Like, you know, your team size is different. You know, the goals are different. Um, uh, you know, the, the the personality types in your team are different, all of that. So so what I, I guess I wanted to say at this point is that I've kind of learned that, I, I, that, you know, you kind of at some point you also need to trust yourself and your own instincts um, in, in leadership and, and, and bring your own flavour you know, to it, because ultimately you can't just copy what other people do. You know, you are your own personality. You've got your own perceptions um, and thoughts and opinions, and that's fine. And I think we need to be able to to have the confidence to bring all that to the table. And 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 as long as I think that the the root um, desire is genuine in terms of wanting to to produce good things, because I think we've all seen people and leaders who kind of talk the talk but don't really walk the walk. Like a lot of people know what the right thing is to say and what everyone wants to hear in terms of what comes out of a, a leader's mouth and about supporting the people and supporting the culture and all that sort of stuff. But then you've seen that sometimes not behind the scenes they don't really follow that up. So I think if we are genuine in ourselves that we want to do that, that I don't think we can go too far wrong because that's the kind of North Star that will guide us in the right direction and, and will always lead. And we can pick things up from other people, sure, and and try and get tips. Uh, but ultimately, um, you know, I think we've all got enough sort of imagination, knowledge and skill and wisdom that it's accumulated over time to be able to, you know, at least do a, a half-decent job. <laughs> yeah, really awesome. good. Thank you. Thank you, guys. 
That was a good, yeah, look, good way to finish off the last question. Uh, thanks, Samuel. And then, look, I'm going to chuck in just a, a short, simple one, or not, maybe not simple, but a little quick one word, or you can give a couple words to maybe sum it up question, because I'll go around quickly with everyone. So my question is, if you had to pick one, what is a single trait you believe is essential to becoming an effective leader that new leaders can develop? And ideally, I want everyone to try and give a different answer to this. <laughs> so if you want me to repeat it, I can repeat it again because I know I've, I've just thrust this on everyone. No one knew this was this was coming. So, Milosh, I'm going to get you to go first. <laughs> well, it's, it's just one word. You can you can go a few more, but if yeah, if you had to just pick a single trait that you think is essential and can be developed, that that would hopefully result in success as a leader. What would that single trait be? I'd... First thing that comes to mind is resilience. Um, I mean, it's 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 weird because resiliency in and of itself doesn't lead to better leadership outcomes, but I think it's just such an important trait um, to have as a leader because you've got to, you know, wade through a lot of mud sometimes and a lot of things kind of being thrown your way, um, and it's not easy. It's challenging, and like we said, you know, you know, you don't necessarily get a lot of support. So I think, you know, resilience is step kind of one <laughs> because without that. I think everything can can fall apart. So I think that would be one of the top ones for me. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks. Chris. I'll... I was about to say resilience. Yeah. So. Look, <laughs> pass this up different now. Okay. So I think other than resilience, the next thing is just um, be yourself and then genuinely caring about your team um, as a leader. Um, so take all the policies and politics and away when you're dealing with most difficulties. I think if you're genuinely caring about the team, that's if you're always going that route, it won't go wrong. Um, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Thanks, that, Chris. Ludmilla, I'll pass it on to you next. Definitely agree with resilience and being caring. <laughs> um, I think that it's also important to be focused, focused on outcomes, focused on people, focused on customers. You can you can take it from any any. Uh, um, anyway uh, any direction but um, um having outcomes in mind and uh, trying and achieve those awesome thanks for that and lastly avery what are your thoughts for me it's as leaders listening to your heart and leading with your mind listening to your heart how you feel and treat those as data and leading in your mind being objective as much as you can and because your mind is actually guided by your values and your goals awesome thank you well look appreciate everyone's answers throughout that was uh i think that was awesome there's was some very thought out thorough answers that and it was good to get everyone's input i think this would definitely help uh, you know whether someone's a new leader or whatever part of their journey they're at so look appreciate everyone jumping on today and thanks everyone for tuning into the evolution exchange podcast and i look forward to seeing you all next time